Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Horse Ownership Experience is brought to you by TaylorMade. Call Travis White and book your mares to the great Midnight Storm. Great win winner on turf and dirt. And that's my watch. 859-885-3345. Call Travis today. Midnight Storm, not this time. California Chrome. Great band of stallions at TaylorMade. This is the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. It is Tuesday, April 2nd. We have no April Fools for you today, but we do have the great Michelle Yu who is here. Oh, you are more than an April Fool. You are an April genius is what <laughs> you actually are. Uh, Travis says hello. He's been texting me. Wanted to Hi, start the show Travis. off. Hi, um, Travis. We have a, so much to discuss today. We had so many big races over the weekend, and we have a great guest coming on in about 15 minutes. His name is Chester Thomas. He, uh, he runs Allied Racing, and he is headed to the Kentucky Derby because his three-year-old colt by Golden Sense, named By My Standards, won the $1 million Twinspires.com Louisiana Derby a couple weeks ago. So he is uh, now eligible for this race, and we're going to find out about Chester Thomas, owner uh, extraordinaire, who is going to come on our show. Uh, Billy, I know you say recaps, but I know you only want to recap one race this weekend. Let's be honest. Yes, let's uh, let's call a spade a spade, and let's just talk about the Beholder Mile Grade One <laughs> run at Santa Anita. <laughs> Listen, you know Michelle, uh, uh, great win. So can I, wait, I yeah, can you talk you, you know, about. I'm it. a huge fan of hers, right? And then so you didn't even use her on your sheet. You know, there's a reason why. Oh, okay, I had been diseased. Diseased. Yeah, like my pick fours could not hit if I played a horse or it was not winning. So you didn't want a cooler? I did not want a cooler. Okay. And I said that. Super on, fair. I was, like, I loved her that she was like my horse and everything. So I was walking in and Richie Waltus was in front of me and I loved to, you know, clothing handicap. Sure. And so I said something to Richie. I was like, so, you know, are you, who are you thinking here? And he's like, oh, next year has been doing good. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for my girl secret spice. And he's like, oh, wouldn't that be great? He's like, I only win one grade one a year. It'd be nice to get it over with early and it'd be great to do it for a little red feather. Wow. Richie's the man, and he did a great job with this filly. You know, there's, it's really hard sometimes, Michelle. We talk a lot about this show about patience, uh, and especially with these horses that always have little nicks and, and problems and issues, and, and the trainers do such a good job, especially Richie. Uh, and this filly had a little ding after her big 106 buyer allowance win that kind of set her back, and it's, it's called cellulitis. I don't know if you ever know much about it, um, but it's a true pain in the ass. And it just doesn't, it's just, a, I think it's just kind of an infection, right? In the hawk. Yeah. And um, it didn't necessarily bother her or anything, but it was something that was there. And we took our time and 
You know, Michelle, it's funny. So rarely in our game does a plan actually come together. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can make, you can plan every race and it never goes the way you want it. Never. And in this particular instance, it went exactly according to plan. In fact, Giovanni Franco, who has now been aboard our last two grade one winners because he rode fault last, last year, uh, we spoke uh, the morning before the race and we just kind of laid it out and he called me after the race and he said, uh, are you like Nostradamus or something? And I was like, <laughs> I was really funny. I was like, it was, it was great because we just said, Hey, just let her break. Don't take a big hold. They're going to outrun her. Just save ground. And when you have an opportunity, swing out and make a run. And he said he was just so loaded at the, around the far turn and he was able to sneak out and, you know, everything just worked out. I'm so happy for our partners at Little Red Feather who really needed that, especially with everything that's been going on in Southern California recently and, and all the trouble we've had. And um, this Philly just came through, and, and it's a dream. I mean, really, you, you just – it's Michelle, you know how hard it is to win a race, let alone a right. grade one race. And right. you know, it's funny because you, you hear the naysayers, well, Marley's Freedom really doesn't want to go two turns, neither does Selcourt, Paradise Woods is not the same, and blah, blah, doesn't blah, matter. blah, blah. At doesn't the end matter. of the day, she won a grade one, and she loves a mile, and that is that was the key, right? Exactly. She got the distance that she liked. doesn't matter if anyone else does or doesn't. That was the mile she liked, and that was the race she was going to win, and she looked tremendous doing it. I was wow. so excited. I was jumping up and down the street <laughs> on the set. Pete was like, seriously, sit down. <laughs> well, thanks, Michelle, and thanks to all the Secret Spice fans out there. It was a really, really great day, and and uh, especially, again, for all the turmoil that we've been going uh, through in Southern California, it really, it really picked us up, and, and hopefully we can keep going forward. Well, it was a super exciting day. Also, we had the grade one Frankie Kilroy Mile, which I thought was going to end up in a dead heat. <laughs> I did too. I mean, you know, it's funny because um, uh, Ohio, who's a great claim for $50,000 by Eclipse Thoroughbreds, ended up winning the race by the slimmest of margins I over saw Catapult. The Have you seen the I saw it that day. Yeah, it, it's really, he just got an unbelievable bob because Catapult was by him. And, right. Cal- and he just got the absolutely perfect bob. And I talked to Drayden Van Dyke about the ride because if you look at it closely, he Catapult was just pulling Drayden the entire way. And finally Drayden was able to turn him loose and, and got some daylight just but it was it was very late. And I said to Drayden, What's going on? He said, That's just how he is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you look at the race at Churchill, I believe it was the Breeders' Cup mile, he made him a really early move. And he kind of flattened out late. And Drayden said, you have to just hold him and hold him and hold him until you finally can let him go and make that one run. But uh, uh, unfortunately for John Sadler and his crew, uh, he got out out bobbed by uh, Mike McCarthy and Eclipse and Eswan Flores getting his very first grade one victory. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was uh, Ruben Fuentes. I'm sorry. My bad. I apologize to everybody out there. Ruben <laughs> Fuentes. My bad. Uh, it was it was a good day for older statesmen. So Ohio was eight, and then also uh, St. Joe Bay, a seven-year-old gelding, won the San Carlos. So John Sadler did get his graded stake at the end of the day, and that was really cool because Victor Espinosa was aboard for her his first stakes win back, and uh, that was also the first horse that he worked when he came back to working horses. That's a great story. I mean, Victor obviously went through some hard times coming back from that injury, and and it's good to see him back riding again, and and good to see him in the winter circle on a big race like the San Carlos. Costa Hronas and his team 
always, always one of the pre preeminent owners in America and showed again with a, with a shrewd claim there to uh, get in the winner's circle. Yeah, I was uh, diseased in that race too. I had Axman. And then in the uh, Santa Ana Stakes. Can you stop was... saying, wait, stop. Can you stop saying diseased because like I'm worried about you when you say oh, that. Okay, it instantly sorry. makes me think you're sick. Can you just say you I was were the cooler? The cooler. Uh, yeah, so the Santa Ana went to Elasia's World and uh, Richie so Baltus. An excellent day for Richie Baltus, and and I believe Abadonza. Really race for her. Abadonza owns a piece of that horse. Yep, uh, and, um, and others. Chris Dunn and Jerry McCallahan. Right, Jerry McCallahan, good man, like that guy. Yeah, and, ran ran a big race in the Santa Ana. Um, what else? There was the I, Gulfstream Park Oaks at Gulfstream. That I went saw to that. Champagne Anyone. I love that name. I didn't watch the race. Uh, the Florida Derby went to Maximum Security. What do you, okay. Yeah. I, I just think it's hilarious that everyone's like, oh, he ran the horse for a $16,000 tag. It's like, when you think about it, you know, and this is a homebred we're talking about, right? And he's his sire is like a $5,000 sire, and he's not really throwing too much right now. And... He maybe wasn't working great. Like, you, I mean, it's not that crazy, right? Sometimes you just don't know. I mean, right. sometimes you just don't know. And I, I mean, Gary and Mary West are obviously know what they're doing. Um, Jason Service obviously knows what he's doing, and he's come under a lot of scrutiny. Uh, I didn't see the interview with Kate and Bradar. Did you that uh, came under intense scrutiny I saying did. something? What, what was the big deal? So he had an unpublished work for um i think it was for restoring hope actually and uh he you know said oh it must have gotten missed or whatever and then he proceeded to say that the horse would probably come from behind and he would need a race and whatever um why was it but, such a big know, deal because obviously because the there was an unpublished right work lead, right and, and then the just horse never won. turned back right so it's like they're like oh this guy's being shady he's not showing a, ra- a work well and, and he has he has a past michelle i mean let's let's be honest he's hitting at some godly you know ungodly percent yeah ridiculous number and i think that any trainer that's doing that has got to come under suspicion i mean especially in this day and age what we are uh, we're in the midst of a pr crisis and uh, Jason Service is is in the front in the front lines of this uh, this crisis because he's well, he's getting a lot of fair, heat. It's not like he it doesn't sound like he purposely pulled the wool over their eyes trying to hide a work. You know, um, I mean, the people miss works all the time. Yeah, constantly. I don't know how many times I have gone on air and said like, "Oh, this horse has a work that's not published." Sure, it's, it, it it's happens. All but impossible to right. catch every single work. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, but big win, and and the disappointments in the race were the were the favorites. I mean, he had code of honor, right? Well, he ran third. Yeah, it, so and, I don't know if that's like a is that a real disappointment? Well, and Did Bourbon Bourbon War, and then Bourbon uh, fourth, and Hidden Scroll. Who? Well, Hidden Scroll, come on now, everyone is. Just you come like, on now. You come on now. Okay, so everyone just hammered this horse and think he's like so great off a maiden win in the slob, and then you know, of course, it was Joel's fault last time. Well, now they had. Castellano on is it Castellano's fault that he got beat this time maybe he's just not as good as his maiden win you know touted him to be that's absolutely the case and Bill Mott has even said we're going to shorten him up for his next start so I I assume he is off the derby trail hidden scroll if you made all your future book bets on hidden scroll you might be in big trouble 
What did you think about the uh, runner-up there, Bodie Express, the maiden? I thought it was pretty insane. And, you know, I've read a lot of stuff about the fact that the derby point system right now, this derby is going to be incredible because you're going to have a lot of horses that are very evenly matched. A lot's going to happen this weekend um, with races like San Diego Derby and the Arkansas Derby and the... Wood Memorial and races like that. I read somewhere, Billy, that like there were 25 races that were Derby points and they've been won by like 24 different yeah, horses. It's been amazing. It's been incredible. So I don't know who separates uh, in the next couple weeks. I think yeah, it's going to be... wants to go a mile and a quarter. We're going to find out real quick. I still think game winner is the horse to beat. And I really? Think, yep, I still do. And I, I look forward to seeing him this weekend. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about uh, all the Dubai World Cup races because yes. there were some amazing races in Dubai. What was your favorite one? That um well, I mean you have to say Thundersnow just because it was the biggest race and I thought him and Gronkowski battling to the wire was was just like ridiculous. And I I I I'm a fan of Thundersnow. Speaking of Travis, tra- that was Travis's derby pick and as everybody knows, he walked out of the gate and did some jumps and then just stopped. Um so for him to win back to back Dubai World Cups for Godolphin was it, that's an incredible feat, Michelle. That's a you know that horse has run everywhere. Too. Yeah, like he has brought his A game like over here several times. He's obviously been the first back to back winner at the World Cup. He's run over in Europe. I mean, he's like, amazing. I think he's almost like honest, underrated. He's, he's underrated. A, yeah, he's totally hated on, and he's a, he's got a hindrance in that I don't think he likes grass. So then, what do you do with a Euro and Dubai based horse? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I think he's awesome, but that Philly. The Almond Eye? Almond Eye. Well, like, she was, she gave me chills. Did you? I don't know if you watched it. They had on social media, uh, her Gallup guy had on, like, a helmet cam for her last, like, little blowout. I didn't see it. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, she was. She's, like, going, right? She's just warming up. Her ears are just, like, pricked forward, and she looks like the happy. Like, if you could just tell from sitting there, she is so happy. And, like, you are rolling. Like, if she's at a common <laughs> Gallup visually, you do not. You can't even realize that. She's going so fast. And then all of a sudden, he, like, barely ekes her out, and her ears start to flick, and she's like, oh, I can go faster. And, like, the ground is just blurring by you. She's amazing. And, like, you can tell by her pace, and then you can watch it. Like, she's not even trying. No. It's crazy. Yeah, she was she was really impressive. And I, you know what? I give a lot of credit to XY Jet. You know, disappointing yeah. third the year before. Has obviously has some physical issues. He's had um, three knee surgeries. Yeah, Rockingham Ranch been real patient with him, and he showed up. And when he shows up, no one's going to beat him. I mean, the period. He is one of the fastest horses I can remember. I mean, he made Imperial Hint look slow. Right. You know, I thought Promises Fulfilled ran really well in that race. It's too bad we didn't get to see Roy, Roy H. H. Um, but I think you know, uh, you know, down the line, obviously the Breeders' Cup is at Santa Anita this year, and wouldn't that be a great uh, and you'll have others too. I think mm-hmm. the Breeders' Cup sprint is all, sprint is always one of my favorite races because they're just so fast, and it's really really cool to see. So, can I give you my favorite call from the night? Abs- of course, it you was can. Totally almond eyes call. The Japanese knew it. The world suspected it. Tonight she confirms that this is an equine masterpiece. That's awesome. I got Isn't the chills it? again. Can you I do it, it? But can you do it in the accent? Uh, he has like a weird accent. Uh. The Japanese? No, I can't. I can't do it. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, I see. I see. Sam in our control room is about to call Chester like Thomas. No, he's going to call Chester Thomas, who's going to join us in seconds. Chester Thomas is the owner of By My Standards, 
Um, he runs Allied Racing. We're going to find all about, you know, this is the Horse Ownership Experience. There's Chester. Chester, it's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. You're live on the Horse Ownership Experience. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, hey, how you guys doing today? Hi, Chester. It is a beautiful day. Where, Where are we calling, first of all? Where are you? I'm in the big city of Madisonville, Kentucky, um, and it is a beautiful day here as well. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. We know you've had a couple of, of big weeks, and especially a couple of weeks ago with By My Standards capturing the Louisiana Derby. We're going to get all into that. We want This show is called The Horse Ownership Experience. We want to hear about that day. We want to hear about Derby Fever. But before we do, we like our audience to at least get to know the person. So, Chester, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into horse racing. Well, I grew up in a small coal mining town and known as Greenville, Kentucky. My family was coal miners and uh, graduated high school and went to work for Peabody Coal and left there and went to the University of Kentucky. And um, while at UK, I met some friends that were riders, uh, jockeys. While in Florida during winter break with my folks, um, I happened to wait to the day before uh admit where you would enroll <laughs> and on my way back to uk we had a big ice storm they shut down i-75 and uh so i spent the night in macon georgia i-75 was still closed wasn't any way i was going to get to enroll in college so i went back to fort lauderdale and hooked up with a good friend of mine still today uh, who was a former jockey you guys may know daryl hare of course, I saw and, him this morning. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. He was there this morning. Yeah, so I went to Hot Springs, Arkansas with Daryl back in, I believe that was 1982. And I stayed with him uh, in his apartment there at Lake Washtenaw. I told my parents, I said, I'm going to go learn to be a jockey's agent. So I'm going to quit school. So you can imagine how proud they were. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you know, my but backing up a little bit, um, I used to go to the track with my dad. I can remember going to Ellis Park and when I was like six, seven years old, maybe up to Keeneland when I was eight or nine, and and always loved being around horses. And while I was at UK, I clearly spent way too much time at Keeneland and probably not enough time in school. So, But I've always loved being around horses. And So fast forward to about 2008, I had an opportunity to buy a partnership and um, – so that's how I personally got started in owning horses, racehorses. Was it a, a public partnership, like a West Point, Little Red Feather, or was it just a partnership of guys that kind of got together? No, it was a it was a friend of mine that I grew up with, and he he was into the horses, and he was going to the sales and buying horses and then selling out fractional interest, and I just bought into that kind of on a real small basis. What was your What was your first win? Oh, God. And how long into it did you have to wait? Yeah. Uh, I wish I could tell you off the top of my head, but I can't. That come but on. To answer your, to, to 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 answer your question, Michelle, it was probably a good year, and then we got to running, and we were not doing any, you know, because we were buying yearlings, and it took time to get them ready to go, and um, and then of course we were with a small trainer. And we were running these horses at, at, at some small tracks like um, Mountaineer Racecourse and um, Turfway Park. And I can remember winning, but I, I can't tell you exactly which horse it was. Um, but it was so, it was just a cheap 5,000 maiden claiming race. 
and it's it's such it was such a thrill to win a race, and it mm-hmm. it gets into your blood um, after you start winning, for sure. How soon after after this partnership did you start uh, allied racing and start buying horses on your own? Well, you know, I started with one of my other companies, uh, T Enterprises. I'm going to say probably a couple years later, uh, 2000. 10 it might have been 2011 um i bought some mares at the uh, keelan january sale and um and i think that's when i started up uh, owning horses myself and um and uh, you know and, and then i transformed over into allied racing stable shortly thereafter and um so I, i'm going to say allied's been rolling since 2011 time, maybe 2012 you know, I'd have to go back and really look and see. No, that's okay. In that time well, it, frame. It sounds like that you like to buy horses as yearlings, but you bought by my standards as a at a two year old sale, right? That's correct. That's so have correct. you kind of changed your purchasing mentality now or are you just diversifying? Well, we're looking at all of our all of our um, all the options. You know, we we started when by buying those brood mares at Keeneland January sale. Uh, started having mares and foaling, uh, you know, babies, and and then buying yearlings, and just trying to do right by the horses, and just looking at all the opportunities out there. And I'd always, honestly, tried to stay away from these two-year-old training sales, just because I've had the mentality that I think they're putting too much pressure on these younger horses, and that if you're not careful, you'll get, you know, a bag of used goods, and and that. And perhaps you know you're you're not going to be as successful as maybe starting as a yearling. The big difference is, in my mind, at least as a in a two year old in training, you can see what their action looks like and get a feel for for how they may be, what their strides are like, the mechanics, and so on and so forth. Whereas going to the yearling sales, you get to look at their physicals, you get to look at their they're, um, you know, radiographs and watch them walk and scope them. And then we even go a step further and do the cardio exam on them to see what size of heart and spleen and how all that stuff looks. And just do a full spectrum on it just to get down to our short list. And then, and then of course, when they go in the auction ring, you uh, you hope they fall in your price range. Um, so do you go to the sales with a set budget or do you kind of set a budget for each horse? Well, you know, I, I wish I was that um, controlled, uh, <laughs> disciplined. Something we, yeah, something, something we, you. yeah, something we all lack in this business. Yeah, so you know, I know what you know. I worked for every dime of God. I, I was, you know, gosh, in two thousand or excuse me, nineteen ninety three. I was working, making uh, twelve dollars and a half an hour. Had a wife and kids, and. I started a business in two, that late 2000 or 1994-95, and um, so we worked really hard to get where we're at financially. And so, I, you know, I don't take money lightly, and it's hard to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a horse. And uh, and thank goodness, uh, Josh Stevens, the bloodstock agent, he's drugged me out of the. Uh, sales ring more than once <laughs> i'm dangerous <laughs> gotta have that guy right when yeah we're... you gotta have somebody that really knows their business and so 
you know, how we got by my standards, and Josh has got a really good eye for a horse, and I trust Josh, and he he went to Ocala, and he, you know, he'd send me video you know, numbers, and I'd look at the videos with him, and we zeroed in three or four horses, and this, by my standards, you know, it, it made all of our criteria with the, had a, uh, you know, larger than normal cardio and he was sound he had a nice stride a longer stride than normal everything was good about everything but you could just tell the horse needed time to grow up so we decided that we would go after by my standards first because he was real early in the book i think he was like hip number six six. Mm -hmm. and and because what i see in these sales there's so many people that has budgets on a per horse basis and they they're out there working for other people, and and so they they followed orders directly, and so they sometimes are reluctant to jump early uh, unless it's just something that's a, you know really outstanding. So we went ahead and took our chances on by my standards because he was early in the book, and we felt like you know as the day went on, the prices would go up, and that he would be a you know we actually thought we were going to pay more for him than what we did, so. We um, we felt pretty good about what we did pay for him. Um, you have mentioned the cardiogram, or is that what it's called? Because we haven't had a lot of people on the show that have talked about that. Can you just explain to us how that goes, how the testing goes about, and what you're specifically looking for, and why? Well, I'll do my best. Uh, this is from a layman's version. Uh, Great. About <laughs> this, okay, so I'm I'm not a specialist by any stretch. And I've not personally seen 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 it, watched them perform this cardio exam on them, but as I understand it, they you know they put some monitors on the horse. They get a lot of measurements from the horse, girth, length, and and various things, and they monitor blood flow and they do a uh, like an ultrasound, and they put that in a um, software uh, uh, deal, and it comes out and it, it grades the heart based off its heart rate and the thickness of the heart wall and the size of the spleen and compared to the overall size of the horse. And for Colts, um, you know, the average heart, I'm going by memory here, I think it's like a 6.7, 6.6, 6.8, and, you know, the slow heart rate and thick wall. And I think by my standards had slightly over a 7. And what that really tells you is, is that, it doesn't say the horse will do it. It says he has a heart to do it. Mm-hmm. And and so running a, a two-turn type race, a mile and an eighth or mile and a quarter or mile and a half or a six furlong race. So that's what it's kind of telling you. Is the heart too big or, or is it big enough to go a classic distance or is it too small? It's going to be more of a sprinter type horse. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what it's going to be, but it's telling you that's what the heart is is size it's compared size to the horses yeah yeah so, gotcha. so it, it's one of this it's one of the small it's a tool it gives you a small piece of the puzzle um the thing that i like about josh uh picking out horses he doesn't look at anything other than the horse and he makes uh, notes based off the physical of the horse and he's looking for young athletes to develop into being great athletes and uh once he goes through, and he'll look at every horse that's in the sale tomorrow, today. He'll look at them today that's going to be sold tomorrow. Sure. And then he looks at the page, and then he decides, you know, if he likes the breedings. 
I rely a lot on uh, Alan Porter and the True Knicks. Um, oh, that's Michelle's favorite. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, say no, that again. Oh, Michelle loves True Knicks. That's her favorite thing. Yeah, so we actually work with Alan. Alan helps me with all my breedings for my broodmares. That's great. And and does a nice job and and um and and so, you know, from it's by by my standards, <laughs> it's it's gotta pass Alan's nicking it's gotta be an A or better. Sometimes I'll go to a B plus. Sure. But Golden but, Sense, uh, interestingly enough, Golden Sense was that was his first crop last year. So that that was you, you know, you took a little risk there. Well, again, we did, but we were buying the physical. And um, so the horse, you know, met all of our criteria. He was sound, had great stride, and uh, a nice cardio, and he seemed to be smart. And that's another thing that's so important with these horses is having a horse that's got a mind. Because you can have raw talent, but if you're a fruitcake, you're not going to make it long. <laughs> I completely yeah. agree with you. Chester Preach. Chester Thomas, Allied Racing, here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Uh, we're talking about hearts. How uh, was your heart the day that By My Standards came up the rail and won the Louisiana Derby? Tell us a little bit about the day and the experience. Mm. Well, first of all, um, you know, we were down near the – we were on the ground level and couldn't really see – see him coming down the stretch i had two horses in there mr money and by my standards and the announcer had called both of them's names and i kept hearing by my standards more and more <laughs> but i really couldn't pick him out because spinoff also had on some blue and white silks which is similar to our colors and until they got inside the 16th pole that i could clearly see that my horse was on the inside and was drawn away i can tell you I started getting really excited. My heart was pounding, <laughs> and uh, I feel—I don't know who all was around me, but I feel sorry for all of them because it was are you a, crazy. Are you a hitter? Are you a slapper? Are you uh, what kind of rooter are you? Uh, are well, Chester? I, I think in this case I was a screamer. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was yelling a lot, and I—I I think I was uh, maybe hitting. Um, uh, I think it was Josh Stevens I was hitting on the shoulder. Come on, come on, you know, you know how you do. <laughs> Absolutely. So when I saw that we were nearing the finish line and our horse had pulled away and was, you know, still going forward, I, you know, I just came through there yelling and screaming and, you know, grabbed my wife and, and it, uh, it was, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to put in words. It was a, a tremendous feeling. That was our first graded stakes win. And um, that's amazing. Are you get are you getting choked up on us? Are you getting choked up on oh, us? No, because no, <laughs> we like that. We've never. Usually, it's just me who cries on the show. So no, no, no. I'm not crying. Okay. It's just uh, it's very emotional. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, it's you know I, there's a lot of owners that win big races and they take it in stride. I guess they've won so many that uh, you know it's. Um, you know, it's just another race, but uh, like I say, I get excited just winning a race period, and it's so hard to win. It takes so much luck to win, and in this case here, by my standards, uh, Gabe had a ton of horse. He was sitting behind a wall of horses turning for home, and when you go back and look at the replay, and I probably hadn't watched it but a couple hundred times by now. <laughs> but, so you're uh, not entirely sure. Right. Yeah. Let's talk for a second. Let me let me interrupt yeah, you for I a second. Know, oh. going into going into that race though, 
what were your expectations? Because I felt like I watched Brett in a couple of pre-race interviews and, you know, they were talking about other horses and he kind of kept like quietly steering people towards by my standards. And when you say Brett, well, you're talking I about could... Brett Calhoun, the trainer who. Yeah. Yeah. Brett Calhoun. Yeah. So, so Brett and I had a, a conversation uh, early in March and, and honestly we were, by my standards, ran such a huge race when he broke his maiden that day, and he galloped out so strong, and um, and came back so well, and was just jumping out of his skin, training, and just moving forward. So Brett and I talked early in March, and we talked about our options, and I said, you know, Brett, we there's not an A other than in the time frame that we want it to be. I said, I think we need to go somewhere and, and run an A other than maybe up to Oakland and then focus on the stone street and look at, look towards the Preakness. Cause I don't see how we're going to get in the Louisiana Derby. And Brett said, you know, Chester, I've been keeping my pulse on things and I think we've got a shot. He said, they take 14 horses. I'm thinking they'll have less than 14. And he said, this horse deserves being Louisiana Derby. He's doing too good. He said, Mr. Money's doing good. He said, they both deserve to be in there. And, um, if you'll let me, he said, I'd like to just point him towards that. And if it doesn't work out, then, then, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll back up and regroup. And I said, that sounds like a plan. So, you know, Brett pretty much called it. Um, and you know, we had, I, I was a firm believer in this horse the whole time, but it put Gabe Saez in a heck of a bad spot. Uh, he had to pick and choose which horse he was going to ride. Right. <laughs> so, um, if one time he said, well, I think I'll ride Mr. Money. And he said, but I don't, I'm not sure. So when it came down to it, I, he, um, when Brett now, you gotta let me know who you're riding. And I think Gabe, he said, well, I'll get back to you and come back to him about an hour later. And he said, I'll ride by my standards. <laughs> so, yeah, boy. So Good call. He made a nice, nice, nice call. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice call. Yeah. Well, Chester, the, we have two more things real quick. One, you're headed to the Kentucky Derby. W- what does that mean? I mean, I, you're I, a I, Kentucky boy. I mean, this is this is a dream, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, we're we're still trying to stay grounded. It's uh, difficult because, but but being in the game, we all know that you know they can make a bad step, they can grab grab a quarter, they can catch a cough, a uh, cold. So we're just trying to stay grounded, but we're really excited. Um, you know, and I, I just hope that, um, you know, as I told Brad, I said, Brad, I don't care to go to the Derby, but I don't want to go to the Derby just to say we're there. I want to go there with a real shot of, of bringing a good horse that can win. And, you know, by my standards, come out of his race good, and we're just couldn't be more thrilled right now today because he's doing really good. And we're keeping our fingers crossed that it continues on. But, yeah, it's going to be special. I mean, I'm a mother, my whole family. And, do you and, uh, do you have room for Michelle and I on the By My Standards bandwagon? <laughs> we'll make room. All right, that's yeah, what I'm talking about. Like <laughs> Listen, just so you know, people come on the show, and we've had great – Michelle, tell them. We've, we've it's had just great success. Great success when you get on this show. So we appreciate you coming on. One last question before we let you go. I've taken too much of your time already. Uh, give us a, 
we have a lot of people, first-time listeners, this lives on the internet, uh, these podcasts, or Michelle likes to call it a radio show. Um, it's on the radio. Okay. Give us, uh, give, give our listeners uh, the one thing, one best piece of advice for horse ownership, getting involved in horse ownership. What's the most important piece? Well, I'd say take it a step at a time. Start small. Make sure it's your, your bag of trips. Nothing really happens quick in this game. But find a good trainer and stay out of the trainer's way. Let the trainer do his job. And if you've got somebody you trust and someone that really knows what they're doing, and if you've got the horse with a little bit of luck, they'll get you where you want to be. And But it, you know, it just takes a good team, and it's so easy to point fingers. And, and, and again, it takes so much luck to win a race. And... And the best horse doesn't always win, and it's not always somebody's fault because that horse didn't win. But it's it's a tough game, and you got to ride the highs and be ready for the lows because there's more lows than there are highs. Mom, that's the truth. That's my advice. Well, that's the truth. We've we've heard many of that before, but there's always a new wrinkle. And Chester Thomas, we appreciate you coming on. We wish you and by my standards and trainer Brett Calhoun and your whole family and everybody in Kentucky the best of luck in just over less than a month. I mean, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna go yeah, fast. We're already trying to trying to get the party ready to roll. There you go. I'm sure you'll have a big party. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, continued success, my friend. Thank you all very much. Thanks for having me. Wish everyone the best. All right. Chester Thomas. All right, Chester. Good day. Bye. Chester Thomas here on the Horse Ownership Experience. By the way. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Listen to your trainer. like when he said it's not always someone's fault when you lose. Yeah, that's funny. I feel like a lot of people really lose track of that. Like, it's not someone's fault. Remember, in every single race, like how many, you know, one horse wins and 10 others lose. I think I've said this before. I have a lot of partners who, um, after the race, they'll look at me and say, what happened? You know, and sometimes we're just not that good or we got got beat. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to tell you. The other horse was better. That happens. It happens. It doesn't always work out. But uh, Chester's a good man. Um, He had a lot of good things to say. I really like him. I'm kind of rooting for him, I have to say. Oh, of course. I always had a root for the, you know, the smaller smaller people, too. Yeah. I wish it and Brett Calhoun, you and I, I we didn't I wanted to ask him about Brett Calhoun, but we didn't have a chance. But um we're both fans of Brett Calhoun. So huge um, fan. Yeah, it's it would be really nice to him to to be on this uh, Derby Trail. Speaking of the Derby Trail, we have some monster races coming up this weekend, Michelle. You wanna talk a little bit about them? Yeah, definitely. Uh we have the Santa Anita Derby and Who, what's we, the also- what, wait, what's the perspective lineup? Let's go through that. Okay, the perspective lineup for the Santa Anita Derby is Roadster, right. Instagram, Game Winner, wow. Nolo Contesso, wow. Synthesis, um, uh, Parsimony, and I feel like one more. What a good race that's going to be. Right? Yeah. I mean, you have to, Game Winner is going to be the favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Roadster and Instagram will get a lot of action. I imagine Roadster probably is second choice. Uh, he was really possibly. he was impressive in that race the other day. Yeah, but I haven't his works back haven't been as as visually impressive. Like right. he's had to work hard. Okay, well, um, but it's going to be a great race at Santa Anita, and that's going to be on Saturday. And Santa Anita has how many stakes races that day? The Santa Anita Derby, the Santa Anita Oaks, the Santa Anita Handicap, the Royal Heroine, the Echo Eddie, the Evening Jewel, and the Providencia. 
I mean, it's an incredible day of racing at Santa Anita on Saturday. Do you want to just quickly go through who we're looking for, who's the exciting horses in each of those races? I mean, the Santa Anita, um, the, I don't even know who's well, in the big cap. Handicap. Big gift box. Gift box, probably. Um, McKenzie. Oh, McKenzie. And in the, I would imagine like Prime Attraction will probably in there. He's in like everything. Right. Dance, and we got right? Bella Fina in the Oaks. Bella Fina in the Oaks. Um, I don't know who's in the Roll Heroin or any of the Calvert races, though. I'm assuming Basilica. You would assume, but. Yeah. And I then mean, Sunday is races. the Las Flores. Sunday is the Las Flores. Okay. And then uh, also, you know, like you talked about Arkansas Derby coming up. Also, it's the Wood Memorial, which Desmond is going to be shipping over from Southern California for Bob Baffert. Uh, Gotham winner Hakal is going to be I like him. lining up in there. I like him. I like Hakal. I, like I know him. it got a set up last time, but I think he's really nice. So it's kind of my sneaky. Tacitus, oh, yeah. Tax. He's nice, too, for Judmont and Belmont. Yep. The uh, Close Hatches baby. Yes. Tax, who won the Withers, is going in there. And then uh, a couple horses I've never heard of and Not That Brady. Oh, Not That Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When is the Arkansas Derby? That's not that's next weekend, not I this weekend? I weekend after, isn't it? Yeah, and that'll be Omaha Beach, right? Omaha Beach, Against yep, Long Ridge Toddy and Improbable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so here's the thing. Everybody wants to to pick the winner of the Kentucky Derby right now, but they still have one more race to go. Well, don't forget then there's after that there's the bluegrass still. Yeah, but the bluegrass has been really weak lately, don't you think? Let's be honest. Uh, when was the last winner of the bluegrass that came out and did anything in the Derby? I know the last. I think I mean Street Sense didn't win the bluegrass and won the Derby, but I don't know the last horse to come out of the Derby and win the. You just said it backwards. That won the bluegrass, right? I don't know the last back-to-back. Winner. Well, here's the great thing. Santa Anita's back open. We're, we're, we have a huge weekend planned, and the weather looks nice. There's supposed to be a little rain later in the week, I think on Friday. But other than that, I think it's beautiful weather out here, Michelle. Oh, you know, Billy, you know who won the Bluegrass last year? Who? Good Magic. Yeah, he so ran he second. So he didn't that into a derby win, but he won the Preakness. Or, I mean, he came in second in the Preakness. Doesn't that count? Yeah. And he won counts. like the... I mean, he ran well, right? He did so, run like, well. It's not a complete wash. No. What's our um, aftercare update today, Michelle? Oh, um, what did I have for the aftercare update? Go through your notes. I know. Poop. I have to think about it for a second. I can okay. tell you what's coming up this weekend at Santa Anita. Let's do like, that. To yeah. do. Um, spring Carnival. So they had this like awesome like fair pretty much in like the front parking lot. So okay. you can like easy to watch the races not stuck over in the infield uh the chandelier room is going to have a huge derby party there is a mandatory single ticket jackpot pick six payout wow. on the pick six is it all it stakes is, i don't know if it's going to be all stakes or not that'd be cool really that makes it you think it makes it easier or harder i mean it's nice to have like a well let's go over i mean who, who's your race thrown in there who's your pick for the san Anita derby um i know we haven't studied yet I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I think Game Winner probably wins. Okay. Unless he draws the outside, then I'll say Extra Hope. For Sammy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Also, it is the Derby Challenge, $3,000 buy-in with a live money bankroll if you are a handicapper. Oh, that'd be fun. And on the infield, it is the Westbound Rhythm and Blues Festival featuring these like four artists that are kind of like reggae, jazzy-ish. And the Grouch and Eli, who when I was in high school used to do like underground hip-hop and they were awesome. Really? But I guess they have now kind of changed uh, genre. What were you like in high school? Weird. How, just, what do you mean? 
Uh, go into it a little bit. Uh, I mean, okay, so like I was super smart, like top of my class. Really? I was a cheerleader and I was in the plays. I was a, a stat girl for baseball. I was an athletic trainer for football. So like I wrapped jock's feet and stuff, you right, know? Right, right. Um, and then my best friend and I pretty much just like left school all the time because I had a car and she Where would you go? got us out of class constantly. I don't know. We'd go to Disneyland or like go shopping or go sit at McDonald's. I mean, cheesy Wait, things. So you weren't like homecoming queen? No, 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 no. totally not. No. Um, no. And I listened to like uh, emo music and I drove a little red Del Sol. So And awesome. I, ha- I was in a car club. And <laughs> really? So, like, on, yeah. On Friday nights, we used to like go to the ta- Del Taco <laughs> and hang out with like all these other car clubs. And then That's we'd go awesome. like street race. That's so cool. You yeah, were like so fa- you were like Fast and Furious <laughs> before the Fast and Furious. Exactly, exactly. I even had like a little like song for my car. Cl- I mean, we what was the song? Wait a second. What was the song? Um. <laughs> so like my nickname was Poe because my car was red and there was like the uh, Teletubbies and the red Teletubbies. Yes, Poe. So it was like they call me Little Poe, baby from the Homicide Crew, talking on the mobile, and I'm driving on through. Wow. I read the soul, a target top down. So I don't remember the rest of it, but something like that. Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> I'm giving you a stat. That was amazing. I mean, the things you learn on the horse ownership experience, this has to be the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> it's very uh, it's very weird. That's for, shit, uh, for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad we got that's to know very you. Weird. All right. Um, so what else? That so was, that's everything we got at Santa Anita. We have huge races all across the country. We didn't really talk too much about the Dubai World Cup. We just browsed over it. Do you want? Is there any last thoughts on the Dubai World Cup? Um, I think that Blue Point looked amazing in the oh Alpha yeah, Plus, he's and awesome. Belvar Bay and Stimuli ran second, third. Belvar Bay gave. I mean, how Huge. bang up was she? Huge. She was awesome for our good friend Gary Barber, who refuses to come on the show. I saw him this week, and I'm like, you're not in Dubai? Nope. And Did- then he didn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't really... Uh, and cross-counter, uh, Cantor, by the way, who won the Melbourne Cup and then came in to win the Dubai Gold Cup, or the Dubai Gold Cup, yeah. That was an... That's awesome for Godolphin and Charlie Appleby. I mean, what a turf marathoner they have there. Very nice. Michelle, what... A lot of people are asking me about Winx and why she will never come to America to race or even... Why? Why would she come to I don't to know. America I'm just... I'm First asking all, you. Why are you yelling at me? But, hey... Poe, relax. <laughs> Calling you Poe from now on. That's like the third nickname I've had. By what, the way. what are the other two? When I was in like first grade, uh, the movie Space Camp was out, and I loved it. And there were like four girls named Michelle in my class. So on the first day of school, my teacher asked, "If anyone wants to go by a different name, let me know." So when it came around to me, I'm like, "I don't want to be called Michelle." And he's like, "Okay." And I was like, "I want to be called Tish because Tish? that was the." Tish, yeah. Okay. That was the coolest girl on the movie Space Camp. And he's like, Tish, like Tish you? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, so no. for about five years, I was called Tissue, paper towel, toilet paper, all kinds of things like that. <laughs> tissue, I love that. Yeah, and okay. And then when I was younger, my cousin slammed my head into the kitchen floor. We were playing like indoor football and broke my tooth. So I had like a broken tooth for a while. So I was called Chip. Chip. Okay, so Chip and Poe and Tish. Yeah. That's awesome. 
What a great show. I'm so happy we did this. Like, this just made my whole day. I can't wait to see you this weekend, Michelle. Can't wait to see everybody back at Santa Anita. We're so happy that they're running again. Uh, we'll have another great guest next week. Maybe we'll get someone from one of these graded stakes at Santa Anita. Special thanks to Taylor Made, uh, Santa Anita, Del Mar for uh, making the show possible. And really, special thanks to all of you who listen to the show. We really appreciate it. Whether you listen live on LA Talk Radio or you download the show on iTunes or Stitcher, um, or tweet us at Odin Horse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. Um, just get in touch with us. We're always looking for new ideas. Uh, we like when we started the show. We wanted to make it about owners, and we want the un, un, nobody. We, Michelle, it's true. No one knows who Chester Thomas is, right? Right. And now they do, and now they have right. someone to root for. And it's not just you know, it's not just by my standards, and it's not just Brett Calhoun. It's we actually know the owner, and I think that's what we originally started this program doing. That was our mission statement to get owners on to allow them to tell their stories. Because I don't know why, for whatever reason, no one wants to talk to us. I, I just don't get it. Uh, but uh, Chester Thomas did, and we really appreciate it. So have a great weekend. We'll see you out at Santa Anita, and we'll be back next week at noon here on LA Talk Radio. Sounds great. All right, see you, Michelle. Thanks, Ben. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio.